If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. All right, welcome back. Time for Baldry's Beat. Keith Baldry, Legislative Bureau Chief for Global News. Morning, Keith. Good morning. So let's talk about the vaccine rollout. And mm-hmm. we got calls on the show yesterday, and I continue to get emails, and I know you're getting this too, from people who received the Pfizer vaccine for their first dose. Vast majority of people did. Right. And now they're being told you'll get Moderna for your second dose. And I think most people would say they, they realize that these are very similar, almost interchangeable vaccines. Somebody, somebody told me to, this morning, they're like Smarties. They're based diff- yeah. different colors, but they're the same thing. Coke and Pepsi. Yeah. So most people, but some people don't want to take it, right? They don't want to yeah, mix it. Yeah, some up. people I think are overthinking this, but you know, it's your your right to decide what you want to do. But the advice is uh, they're interchangeable, according to Canadian Public Health. Uh, that one is the same as another. They're both very similar. They're messenger RNA vaccines. They're relatively new um, uh, type of vaccine. And the situation we find ourselves in, because we're at the mercy of the federal government in terms of vaccine shipments, Pfizer for so long was the workhorse vaccine. So more than 2.2 million people got a first dose of Pfizer. About 650,000 or so got first dose of Moderna. And about 280,000 got a first dose of AstraZeneca. Now, so Pfizer was coming in at the rate of 325,000, 328,000 doses a week. As of yes, as of last night, this week's uh, shipment had not arrived. Moderna, though, has suddenly increased its shipment significantly. You know, more than a million doses over two weeks. So Moderna is number one now. Moderna, as of yesterday, or as of the night before, uh, as of last night. 370,000 Moderna doses we had on hand. We had only 43,000 Pfizer doses and 78,000 AstraZeneca doses. Take AstraZeneca out, that's a separate queue. So you look at the situation, we're doing about 60 to 70,000 people a day. Most of those, well, 50 to 60,000 are second doses. You do the math, there's not enough Pfizer to give people a second dose of Pfizer right now. Um, so yeah. for, so for today and likely tomorrow, at least, if you got Pfizer for a first dose, you're going to be offered Moderna. Now, we should be getting 328,000 Pfizer doses later this week, but that hasn't materialized yet. Okay, let's listen to Health Minister Adrian Dix on this point about the Moderna as the second shot. Many, many people who receive Pfizer their first dose are going to receive Moderna as their second dose. And clearly in terms of its procurement strategy, the federal government is having, will have, as they did in uh, March and April and May when they had uh, a lot of Pfizer and it became our workhorse vaccine and less Moderna, to a degree the reverse is happening now. Okay, so, you know, I've heard, so we had a guy on the open line yesterday who told a story. He showed up to get his second shot found out when he got there they wanted to give him the Moderna. He turned around and left. He didn't want Moderna. Well, he's not, right? I don't think he's basing that on any science, but, uh, again, it's it's his right to do that. But uh, yeah. interestingly, yesterday, Dr. Henry presenting statistics, again, to show the value of the second dose. And a lot of people are getting are mixing Pfizer and Moderna. A lot of people are mi- mixing Astra- AstraZeneca and Pfizer and Moderna, and with very good results. So uh, unvaccinated people would get COVID-19. 89 out of 100,000 people would get um, COVID. It drops down to 29 with one dose. And it, it gets cut in half again to 15 with two doses. So two doses with mix and match protect you. 
I encourage people, don't overthink this thing. These are scientists and medical professionals who are making these recommendations. They're not lay people. They're not people who get, get information off the Internet. Uh, these are trained professionals who are making this ra- rational-based decision and recommendations that if you're offered Moderna and you had Pfizer first, take Moderna. Okay, let's talk about the AstraZeneca. Some people got AstraZeneca. You did. You got two AstraZeneca shots. I, I got the AstraZeneca first shot, and I got an email from government, come in for your second shot. It would probably be Moderna or or Pfizer. So that's You can I walk guess. up to James Bay Thrifties this afternoon after you're out there and get AstraZeneca. Really? Yeah, it's up there. I might I might do that. I mean I mean I might do that. I mean why not, right? Um, but just get again, there's no wrong answer here. Get a second dose. Yeah. If if and when you're offered it. Okay. Well, a lot of people though after there was that advisory yeah. from the National Advisory Committee that don't take the AstraZeneca, right. you know, recommend against it, that a lot of people are... It was are, more recommending getting. take Pfizer or Moderna rather than recommending against AstraZeneca. It was recommending for Pfizer and Moderna if you had a first AstraZeneca shot. But Dr. Henry points out, uh, and other public health officials, they're basing their decision to recommend AstraZeneca as a second dose based on real-world evidence and data coming out of the United Kingdom. NASI yeah. was basing it on a very limited uh, study in Germany involving far fewer people. So there's more evidence in the UK that this double dose of, AS- of AZ works. Okay, let me play a couple of clips here for you. This is Chris Chu from London Drugs, uh, head of their pharmacy section there, on the AstraZeneca second shot. The first week was great. We injected um, several hundreds of people um, in a very short period of time, but then uh, lately it has been decreasing. Okay, so there yeah, he is saying so, uh, people are not taking the second one. Well, they are, but in far fewer numbers. So sure. we were doing about five to 6,000 second doses a day uh, in the days leading up to NASI's pronouncement. After that, it dropped to about 3,600 a day. So from 6,000 or five to 6,000 to 3,600 a day. Um, not as big as what we originally thought when we were basing our reports on what the CDC dashboard was showing on the weekend, which was a drop down of less than 500 a day, which was huge. And we talked about that yesterday. Uh, CDC went back and discovered they had miscounted and found 6,000 more doses of, of second doses that they had not accounted for. So now we're down okay. from 6,000 to 3,600. Okay, get set to call me on that in the open line. Let me ask you about another topic, and that's the B.C. Liberal Party leadership race. So we've got another uh, entrant uh, running for the B.C. Liberal leadership. Is there a leadership race? <laughs> Val Litwin. I know Val. Val Litwin. Well, you know Val, but I think most people say Val who? They don't know who Val Litwin Yeah, a long-time head of the B.C. Chamber of Commerce. Uh, very bright um, uh, guy. I've known him for a, for a number of years. Worked with his mom, who's a former Times columnist reporter. Uh, yeah. Again, you're right, not not well-known at all. Uh, he's a complete outsider in the pol- in political circles and uh, you know outside of the chamber of commerce crowd. So he's got his work cut out for him. I, mean, I think Kevin Falcon still has to be considered the front runner. Michael Lee is obviously uh, has some support. He's put together a team that's I think stronger than the last time he ran. And keep in mind he finished uh, what third I think on the first ballot. Yeah. Um, so I still think it's a Falcon versus Lee thing, but uh, once you get more contestants in this thing, uh, any you know any scenario can can unfold. Sometimes, here. sometimes you see a politician will run for leadership with no hope of winning, just, just to, to raise their profile. Yeah. Right? Do you yeah. think that's what this is about? Maybe. I don't know. I haven't talked to Val about it. Um, yeah. Again, raise profile is one thing. It's tough to raise your profile right now, given that the leadership race is getting almost zero media attention and won't get media attention until at least the fall, I think, until yeah. we really start easing out of this pandemic. Uh, politi- but politics is going to come back. 
and it's going to come back with a vengeance. And there will be a lot of attention paid yeah. to this race once the, the stakes, uh, sort of the, the race heats up a bit. But it's going to take a while to heat up. Okay. The NDP very quickly on the attack against Val Litwin uh, running for the liberal leadership, reminding people that he was a supporter of the HST. The dreaded HST. The harmonized sales tax, which, of course, we had a, a huge fight over that many years ago in a referendum, and the, and the tax was shot down in a referendum. Now, this is interesting because Kevin Falcon, who I agree with you is the front runner for this thing, and I, I believe he will win the leadership, he was also a big supporter of the HST. Mm-hmm. Now, when he was on this show a couple of weeks back, I asked him, what about your support for the HST? Do you still support that tax? And he had an interesting response. Here's what he said. I still happen to believe it's the right taxation policy. It's why 130 countries around the world utilize value-added taxation, because it makes sense. And it's good for investment. It's good for the agricultural community. It's very good for the resource sector, which is a big part of our economy. Okay, but... But, he says, if he becomes premier, he won't bring it back because people have already rejected it. He'd be wise not to explain why it's such a great idea. (laughs) I think the NDP were loving him here and say that. Oh, you can believe the NDP is stockpiling a lot of things Kevin Falcon has said and done over the years. You can be sure they're going to be raising his comments uh, about the HSD. Also, of course, the tolls on the Portman Bridge, which occurred when he was uh, the transportation minister. So a lot of that stuff in the past is going to come back as baggage and... uh, don't be surprised. I mean, all of this is fair in, in uh, politics, but they, clearly the NDP also think Kevin Falcon's the guy to beat. Okay, let me ask you this real quick. Let me, I know you're a big music fan. Tell me if, you've, uh, if you like this guy. Okay. okay, we got a little uh, Crocodile Rock going on there, Elton John. So, Not my favorite Elton John song. No, okay, but I know you're an Elton John. You like Elton John. I like, Who doesn't like Elton John? I like early Elton John. I'm a big fan back in the early the 70s when he was just starting out. Uh, I've been to two Elton John concerts. Uh, now I see BC Place is saying 2022, Elton John coming in October. October 2022, yeah, Elton this, John not, at BC Place not Stadium. Not this coming October, but right. uh, next year. So clearly, hopefully, I mean, all signs are pointing to us being out of this pandemic by then. There's always an asterisk. <laughs> I would hope so. There's always an asterisk to this, though. Yeah. This could be an annual event in terms of, of having to be vaccinated. Uh, we're not out of the woods yet, but I would think we're good to go in October 2020. Okay, if very, we're not, we're in a lot of trouble. Yeah, well, it's very reassuring to hear some of these big touring shows coming back at least scheduled into next year. I'd love to see the Rolling Stones come back. That show got canceled in Vancouver at the start of the pandemic. Someone said to me they COVID-19 see... will not kill Keith Richard. No, 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 nothing will kill that guy. Yeah. Uh, U2, someone said to me, hey, is U2 going back on tour? I'd love to see them in Vancouver. Okay, which which big act would you love to see come back to Vancouver for a big show? Are you ready to go back to a concert? Phone me now. You... I don't know if a lot of people are actually ready to go back to huge crowds. Right well, that's now. the it's thing, psycho- right? Psychologically. Not right now. No, uh, hopefully everybody's in a different uh, frame of mind uh, next fall. All right, welcome back. Baldry's Beat. Phone lines were open. Star 9898 on your cell. Brian in South Surrey. Hey, Brian. Hey, Brian. I really appreciate uh, Keith's updates all the time. Um, I was chatting with you yesterday because I was the one who did refuse to get the Moderna. Yeah. And I, I still totally disagree that if you look around the world, um, they aren't having the mismanagement that we've had here in Canada with Uh, the delivery of the vaccines. People are able to get a double dose of the same uh, manufacturer. There is no um, study of long-term effects on mixing and matching, and that goes for the AZ and the uh, mRNA. 
And it's just, to me, it's just been ridiculously mismanaged. I understand the narrative of just get out there and get a, a vaccine. And to compare it to, say, a painkiller is, is, to me, is not a, a, a comparison you can make. And painkillers have been around for decades. And, uh, yes, they know those can be mixed and match. We're in totally uncharted territories here. Okay, Brian, let me, I'm glad you called in again. What is your plan here now? Are you going to wait to get the Pfizer somehow? Well, that's the trouble, you know, because you've got a timeline, too, for how long before you can get your other one. I do know from some doctors I've talked to, they're trying to hold off on the Pfizer for uh, the school-age kids because it's just that's the only one that's approved for them. Mm-hmm. But as I say, they were um, trying to get rid of Pfizer to people who had Moderna, and now they're reversing the narrative. I understand it, it's just been mismanaged as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. Oh, okay, thanks for the call again. So Brian's right. I mean, we we, um, we don't have any long-term studies because this is a brand new thing. Um, so again, the, the data on this is relatively new. Uh, so Brian, if you want Pfizer, hopefully we're going to get 328,000 doses of Pfizer later this week. And hopefully we get another 328,000 doses of Pfizer next week. That's what's scheduled. Uh, right. It's supposed to go down to 121,000 in the first week of July and 194,000 the second week of July, and then ramp up again. So hopefully that is still the case. But as you heard, Adrian Dix, we just ran that clip. The feds seem to have shifted the go- shifted the goalpost here, where suddenly Pfizer is not being. Again, we don't get the, the doses directly from Pfizer; it comes through the federal government. So we're at the mercy of Ottawa. And yeah, if they're changing the goalpost, there's okay. going to be a lot of people upset. Ed on the line in South Surrey. Hi, Ed. Uh, yes, Keith. I'm just wondering, have you got any stats on what's happening now as far as people catching uh, COVID, whether they've had uh, one shot, no shots, mm-hmm. two shots? Yeah. So, uh, yeah, Dr. Henry presented some uh, stats yesterday. As of the end of May, about 2,600 people who had been vaccinated with at least one dose had tested positive for COVID-19. Of that, about 200, and I haven't got the numbers right in front of me, but I think 265 people had been hospitalized. Those are the serious cases. Of that, I think 68 people had died after being vaccinated. Again, this the vaccination is one is not 100% foolproof. There, there is, and again, the people who died were in their 80s or older with underlying health conditions. Um, as I just mentioned a few moments ago, uh, if you've got double doses, you still the vac- the infection rate is still 15 out of 100,000 people. So, you do the math. Uh, so you know, 75 people uh, with double doses in BC will likely get COVID-19. Okay, what about the Delta variant? What do we know about the effectiveness of the vaccine on that variant? Well, that's uh, there, there's changing data on that. In the UK, it's suggested that uh, it's not as it's it's more um, the vaccines aren't as effective to the Delta variant in yeah. uh, in the UK. But again, that's primarily in younger people and largely people who are not vaccinated. If you're not vaccinated, you're oh, really yeah. susceptible. And I've got a piece out this week in North Shore News and, and on global uh, Facebook and website uh, pointed out that we had a doctor, Dr. Danuta Skaronsky, who was on Jody Vance's show last night, made the argument back uh, earlier this year that we should space, uh, stretch out the interval between doses to get more people with first doses. And that seems to have had a real impact beating back the Delta variant because Delta variant affects people in their 20s the most who get COVID-19 the most. But we've got about 70% of the people in their 20s vaccinated. The UK is okay. about 25%, which is why they're in trouble and we're not. Ken and yet. Langley. Ken, you got to go quick. Go ahead. Yeah, despite the uh, challenges we have, especially with the variants, my wife and I are very happy with our double doses AstraZeneca, especially with the world 
uh, updates and stuff about the real world science, how well this vaccine is turning mm-hmm. out to be, mm-hmm. I'm really angry, as a lot of people would be, about nasty, stupid mouth. If they have nothing intelligent mm-hmm. to say, instead of putting people off and actually uh, making things go backwards and put, turning people off from getting vaccinated when we're trying to go okay. forward with whatever we yeah. got. Is Thanks again. Yeah, 20, 20 seconds. I don't know why NASI did what they did. It's, uh, it wasn't based in necessarily in, in science. There's, science is evolving and changing. I got AstraZeneca twice, and I'm quite happy about that, and I don't, no side effects, and I feel fully protected.